Pastor Chris's podcast. So we've been preaching about fear through this month of October as we're heading up, leading up to the Halloween holiday. Fear is a universal emotion felt by all people in all places in the world and throughout all time. Fear has been a part of humanity. It is, uh, fear serves a valuable purpose to help us to be safe when a threat arises that needs our attention. Fear helps us to cope with it. A fear of heights can be a good thing because if you fall from a great height, you could be severely injured or even killed. And so the fear of heights warns you to take care in that particularly potentially dangerous situation. Other common fears include fear of darkness or being unable to see your surroundings, a fear of social interactions or rejection, fear of snakes or rodents or spiders or other animals, the fear of death and dying. These are just some of the many kinds of fears that people often have that are common. Anxiety is a form of fear, a persistent fear, where people feel constantly worried without necessarily knowing why. It can be especially crippling as a form of fear because the anxious person doesn't know why they are afraid, and so they can't necessarily address the cause of their fear. Though unpleasant, fear is not necessarily a bad thing. We are told many times in scriptures to fear the Lord. Fear in this sense compels us and counsels us to be careful with God, to respect and to revere God, for he is holy and awesome. We should approach God with care as one might approach the edge of the Grand Canyon because it is beautiful and inspiring, but a careless misstep could be the end of you. Fear is useful, but when it rules you, controls you, incapacitates you, fear has exceeded its purpose. The Bible also tells people again and again, do not be afraid. And this indicates that we are often fearful in the wrong circumstances. It is when there is a guardrail protecting us from the edge of the Grand Canyon, but yet we still cannot approach it and see the beauty of God's creation. Even though the guardrail is certainly there to keep us from stepping over the edge, but our fear makes it where we cannot look and see. It is when the snake is securely behind the glass of a terrarium, but we cannot look and admire the beauty of a creature of God. Our fear is out of control, and it is keeping us from the blessing God wants us to have. There's something wonderful waiting for you on the other side of your fears. What is it? Who will you be and what will your life be like if you overcome your fears? On the other hand, who will you be and what will you be like if your fears conquer you? The life God wanted to give Israel in the promised land was beautiful and prosperous, but they had to overcome their fears in order to enter it. Listen to God's word to Israel as they were poised to enter the promised land. 
This comes from Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 10 through 13. The Lord your God will soon bring you into the promised land. He swore to give you when he made a vow to your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It is a land with large, prosperous cities that you did not build. The houses will be richly stocked with goods you did not produce. You will draw water from cisterns you did not dig, and you will eat from vineyards and olive trees you did not plant. When you have eaten your fill in this land, be careful not to forget the Lord who rescued you up from slavery in the land of Egypt. You must fear the Lord your God and serve him. When you take an oath, you must use only his name. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. In this passage, there are two groups of people to consider. The first one's obvious. God is addressing the Israelites. They had nothing to fear because God was with them. The other group in the passage is not necessarily obvious, but they're there. The other group is the Canaanites, and they had every reason to fear because they had rejected God. The Canaanites lived in Canaan for over 2,000 years. Unfortunately, they rejected the one true God and evolved into evil, immoral people who even sacrificed children as part of their religious rituals. Furthermore, these evils are not something that had just begun to happen. These were things that had been going on for at least 400 years. We know that from passages in the scripture that say that the time of their full evil had not come to pass. In other words, God was still giving the Canaanites a chance to change their ways for at least 400 years, but they did not change. Finally, God was about to punish the Canaanites and he was going to give their land to the Israelites. So the Canaanites who rejected God had everything to fear. Their day of reckoning was at hand. Canaanite woman named Rahab revealed their fear to the spies who came into their land. In Joshua chapter two, verse nine, she said, I know the Lord has given you this land. We are all afraid of you. Everyone in the land is living in terror. They knew that the Israelites were coming. They somehow sensed in their heart that they had not been living right and they were about to pay the price. And God was still reaching out and allowing people to repent of their sins. That woman Rahab, she herself was one who came over to the Israelites and said, I will, let your, I will worship your God and your God alone. And she was welcomed into the people of Israel. But for those who continued to reject him, their destruction was about to take place. When you reject God, you have a reason for real fear. That's a dangerous situation. The Israelites had nothing to fear because God was with them. They put their faith in God. He described the blessings Israel would receive as they conquered Canaan. They would take possession of prosperous cities, homes already stocked with everything a person could need. There would be wells, city infrastructure, 
farmland already cultivated and producing fruit. The towns God would give them were built by others, been developed and maintained over decades, sometimes even centuries. Everything was ready for the Israelites to live in the land. And God was with the Israelites. They simply had to trust God more than their fear of entering and conquering the promised land. In verse 13, God reminds the Israelites, you must fear the Lord your God and serve him. In other words, don't be afraid of the Canaanites. Don't be afraid of the things of this world. Don't be afraid to enter and conquer the land. Don't be afraid of the scary things of this world. Fear the Lord and serve and obey him. For then you will be on God's side and God's side is the winning side. God has a great plan for you. He wants you to live a life of confidence and faith. He wants you to know that he is with you and, that, and to see his mighty hand at work. Just as Jesus called his disciples, he calls you, come, follow me. It is an amazing journey for all who answer the call to follow. We see God's power at work. We see lives changed. We see fearful people find confidence. We see sinners transformed into saints. We see the hopeless find hope. And God supplies all the needs of his people as they embrace the mission of Christ. And among the blessings of those who follow Christ is a peace that passes all understanding. You have this peace in your heart. You are at one with your creator and also with his creation. You know that you have nothing to fear, nothing to hide, nothing to lose. You trust God, not only with your own life, but also with the lives of your family and friends, people that you care about. You know that you belong to God's special family for God adopts you as his own child. And regardless of whatever your social status in this life is, in God's sight, you are a royal priest, kings and queens in the eternal kingdom of God. Henry Sloan's not here today, so you won't hear it, but quite often at the end of the service when I'm standing in the back, you might have heard it. Maybe you wondered, why did, why did we say that? He'll come walking out and shake my hand and say, King Chris, and I'll say, King Henry. And then it all goes back to a sermon that I preached a couple of years ago, several years ago, when I told you that, that you are, if you are a Christian, then you are royal priest, kings and queens in the kingdom of God. That's what the Bible tells us. And so not only is he King Henry, it's you are kings and queens in God's kingdom. Now, there are still storms. There are problems. There are difficulties and there may be resistance even after we follow Christ. Look what they did to our Lord. He didn't do anything wrong, but they nailed him to a cross. However, Christ is with his followers throughout all the trials of life. So we can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper, so I will have no fear. What can mere people do to me? 
Hebrews 13, 6. And because Christ died on that cross and he rose from the grave, those who follow Jesus also follow him through death to resurrection and eternal life. That means we no longer need to fear death. We are free to live with incredible faith and boldness and hope. That's what we have in Christ Jesus our Lord. There's something wonderful waiting for you on the other side of your fear. What is it? Who will you be and what will your life be like if you overcome your fear? On the other hand, who will you be and what will your life be like if your fears conquer you? Whether you live in fear or live in faith, all comes down to your choices. Will you be like the Canaanites who continually rejected God and chose to live for themselves? Or will you be like the Israelites whom God chose and they chose to serve and obey God? If you continue to choose your own way, you are in real danger, eternal danger. A day of reckoning is coming for you. For we all must face God's judgment one day. Those who reject Christ will be rejected by God and cast out of the good land into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. But if you repent of your selfish sin and choose to put your faith in Christ, he will save you. There will be nothing to fear because Jesus has already paid the penalty for your sin. Now you are free to live in God's love and to share his love with everyone around you. You didn't earn these blessings. They are a gift from God. Christ earned them for you. So live a life of grateful obedience. Who will you choose to serve today? Will you serve your fear and continue to miss out on the promised land God wants to give you? Will you choose to serve your own selfish ambitions and reap the wrath of God because you've rejected him in favor of what you want? Or will you choose to serve the one true and living God and be his chosen sons and daughters for eternity? As for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. I want to give you a few moments to pray and to choose today who you will trust, who you will follow, who you will obey. Let us pray.
the great hope that you've given us in Christ. I pray for each person here that we would accept that gift, that we would repent of our sins, we would turn to you, have boldness and confidence in your salvation, that we would come to know the blessings that you want to give us, the promises that you want to give us, that we will know the eternal salvation and the eternal hope that we have of eternal life in that promised land that awaits us and all those who trust in Christ. It's in his name we pray. Amen.